Luke chapter 4, verse 5, 6, 7, and 8. And the devil, taking him, Jesus, up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is the temptation of Jesus. It's recorded in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 8 here. And it's also in Matthew chapter 4, first verses there. But he takes him into a high mountain. The devil takes Jesus into this high mountain, shows him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me to whom and to whomsoever i will give it so he says i'm showed him all the kingdoms of the world all the power of the world all the glory in the lord and the devil said all this has been delivered it's been given up to him we'll talk about that in a little bit later but he's saying i have all this and i'll give it to you if thou will worship me all shall be thine And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And I want to talk on this thought for just a few moments tonight. Never negotiate with a terrorist. Never negotiate with a terrorist. Amen. Can we pray one more time for the word of God? Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your word. It's powerful. I pray that you would touch hearts tonight. God, use me. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to us through the word. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. For decades, it's been the policy of the United States government and also for the UK. They have regularly stated that we do not negotiate with terrorists. That's our policy in the United States, arguing that it is both morally indefensible and impractical, likely to encourage more terrorism and legitimize terrorist aims. Negotiating with terrorists encourages more terrorism. That's how they believe it. That's what they that's what they stand by. The do not negotiate with terrorists position comes with the agreement that the best way to stop hostage taking by terrorists is to remove the incentive by creating solidarity among nations around the principle of never paying ransom. Terrorists will, according to this theory, stop seeing hostage taken, taking as a viable way of raising funds or extracting concessions. So the United States says they're not going to negotiate with terrorists. And it basically, it has worked at times um, because we don't hear a lot of hostage taking. They know that we are simply not going to negotiate if they do. A terrorist is defined in many different ways, but the one that I've picked out here is unlawful violence and intimidation. One who instills fear. And a terrorist is usually uh, comes from a smaller organization that's going against a larger government, amen, a larger power, like guerrilla warfare. 
where those gorillas, they don't really have the power to overcome the enemy that they're against, but they make small attacks and try to, to inhibit the, the enemy that they are attacking. But usually it's a lesser power than the government in which they're terrorizing. And to negotiate means to obtain or bring about discussion. And so never, ever negotiate with a terrorist. Jesus, when he was being approached by a terrorist, he was kind of a hostage situation. He, he allowed it to happen, but nonetheless, the devil take, took him and took him into this high place. But Jesus simply said, it is written, end of discussion. The devil was trying to engage Jesus in kind of a scenario. He was saying, all this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered up unto me. And if you think about it, Jesus came, amen, for that very reason, to conquer all of this world in the flesh for our sakes, amen, that we might have the victory over all the things that are in this world. And the devil was offering this to him is kind of what you might call an alternative to the cross. But Jesus simply said, it is written, and he quoted the scripture, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then that was the end of the discussion. It was much like when Jesus had a conversation with his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus was trying to prepare them and tell them, you know, I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to um, be handed over to the Pharisees and the rulers of this time. And, and they're going to kill me, but I'm going to rise again the third day. And Peter took him and said, the, Peter laid hands on him and took him. And he said unto him, and he said, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And when Peter said that, Jesus turned and looked at Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan, the same words, for thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. It was, if you will, another alternative to the cross. Jesus knew that he was going to have to go to the cross. We know that the flesh didn't want to go there, the whole garden scene where he prayed not my will but thy will in the flesh he didn't want to but he knew that was his calling and what he was going to have to do and so when peter offers this alternative to the cross and satan was offering him an alternative to the cross jesus simply said get thee behind me satan amen once again he was just end of discussion but he continues on in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what shall it profit, for what is a man profited, if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, or what shall a man give in exchange for him soul for his soul? So after being offered this alternative to the cross, 
Jesus told his disciples, hey, if any man's going to follow after me, he's going to have to deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If Jesus told his disciples that they were going to have to take up his cro- their cross and follow him, be assured that each and every one of us have a cross that we need to pick up every day, amen, to follow after him. It's not going to be necessarily an easy road. It's not going to, but the devil wants to offer us that alternative to the cross. He wants to say, this is a little bit a better way, or why don't you come this way? But we all need to come to the understanding that there is a cross. Hallelujah. This is not a love boat. This is a battleship, amen, that we are on. He said that you are going to have to pick it up. And sometimes when we uh, look at our own selves, we think that we are really, you know, I don't know if I'm able to do it. And I don't know if I have the ability to do it. But we have the ability because Jesus came and conquered the cross and death, hell, and the grave. It kind of reminds me of that song we used to sing, Little is much if God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame, for there's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus' name. Jesus was trying to tell him, look, if you want to try to find your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, hallelujah, you are going to find it. There's a crown for each and every one of us. And if you go in Jesus' name, I want you to know that you are going to be able to be victorious. Hallelujah. But don't ever negotiate with that terrorist, the devil. The devil is real. Now, I don't like to give him a lot of credit. and I don't try to find a devil around every bush. But nonetheless, the devil is real. And he's at work in our lives today. He is our enemy. Amen. The Bible says a lot about him. Amen. So I want us to be able to identify the devil. First Peter five and eight says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, your enemy, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you. He wants to sidetrack you in your walk with the Lord. In John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. He wants to kill you. He wants to steal you from your joy. And he wants to destroy your walk with the Lord. But Jesus said, I came that they might have life and they might have it abundantly. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the cunning devices of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Or places of authority. Therefore take unto you the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand in that evil day. And having done all to stand. So we find that the devil is something that we wrestle against. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Although we make that a lot. 
look at your neighbor and say, you're not my enemy. <laughs> you're not my adversary. You may, you may be somebody sitting, I'm not picking on anybody, but you may be sitting over here and you think you got an enemy sitting over there and you're not going to swap sides for nothing because you guys think that. But I want you to know that according to the word of God, you are not your enemy. Amen. You are not one another's many. The flesh and those things that are in the flesh and this world is not our enemy. Amen. The devil, hallelujah, is our enemy. The Bible calls him the tempter. He's the deceiver. He's the accuser of the brethren. The Bible calls him, amongst other things, he is the God of this world. He can appear as an angel of light. Amen. He, he'll entice you. He'll make it look good. He'll say, come on over here. You know, come on this way. It's really good. It's enjoyable. And then as soon as you sin, as soon as you partake of his lies, amen, he goes into the, puts on the judge's robe and he comes out and says, you're guilty. Amen. That's his whole thing. He wants to think that you're guilty and that you're condemned because the Bible also says that he's a liar and that he's the father of lies. He is a liar and the father of lies. He couldn't tell the truth if he had to. Amen. So never negotiate with a terrorist. He is powerful, but he's not all powerful. He is mighty, but he is not the almighty. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He has some power, but he's not all powerful. He has some might, but he's not the almighty. Amen. In reality, he's really just a puppet on a string. The only power he has, has been given to him. He told Jesus, all this power will I give thee, for that is delivered or given up to me. It's only because God has allowed him to be the God of this world, to be the prince of the power of the air. Amen. But he's really just a puppet on a string. When you look into the word of God and you find that he had to come and ask permission to attack Job. The book of Job, we read it and how Job went through that great trial and how the devil attacked him. But he had to go to God to get permission to do that. Amen. And God told him, he says, well, you can take your things from him, but don't touch his body. Don't touch him. So he goes and he takes all of his possessions and everything. And Job's all upset, but he makes the comment, naked came I into this world. Naked shall I return. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job was just had integrity. Amen. And so then the devil had to come back. They said, well, you got this hedge around him still, you know, and and, you know, you touch his body and he'll curse you to your face. And and so the Lord says, go ahead and you can do whatever. Just don't take his life. And so we find that the devil, even before he could attack Job, had to have permission. Amen. And you may feel like the devil's attacking you. And I don't want you to feel like every trial and every test is an attack from the devil. It's not always that way. But if you feel like you're being attacked by the devil, I want you to know it's only because God has allowed it. And if God allows it, 
God will keep his hand upon you and bring you through it. Amen. When we look at the Bible and we find that Jesus had cast out the devils from the man that was possessed with like 2,000 devils or whatever it was, the devils asked permission from Jesus, can we go into the hogs? Can we go into the swine? They had to ask permission. They couldn't do just whatever they wanted to. Peter, Satan hath desired to sift you as wheat, is what Jesus told him. That word desired means he is asked, he is begged, he's called for. The devil has called for you, Peter. He wants to attack you. And he said, but don't worry, I have prayed for you. And he said, when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Martin Luther made the comment, he said, the devil is God's devil. Think about that. That's a powerful statement. The devil was created by God. Amen. The devil was created by God. It's not equal in power. It's not God and then the devil in strength. Amen. God created all things. God's the all-powerful one. God's the almighty one. Amen. And the devil really just becomes that puppet on a string. Amen. In the words of Brother Arnold, I think he says that he doesn't have the keys to his own house. Jesus went and took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. The devil doesn't even have the keys to his own house. And he got fired from heaven in his position for non-performance. Amen. Now, I don't know about all of that, but we do know that the devil is just simply God's devil. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, tells us about how Jesus sent out his disciples And they came back after they had gone out. He told them, go preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. The 70 returned again with joy, saying to the Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. They were excited that through the name of Jesus, they were able to cast out devils. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Everybody say all, all the power of the enemy. Jesus has given his church power over all the the enemy and nothing. Everybody say nothing by any means shall by any means hurt you. He said, notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. When they came back excited about the devils being subject unto them, Jesus said, you know what? That's really not any big deal. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. It was just boom. He was gone. He was there one minute. The next minute he was gone. And he said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Don't rejoice in that. He said, but rather rejoice in this, that your name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. And that's what the church needs to rejoice about, that we've been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we are on our way to heaven. There's a new name written down in glory. Hallelujah. And it's mine. And there's nothing that the devil can do to stop me from going to the destination that God has for me. Amen. 
Not even the gates of hell shall prevail against the church. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. But the, the devil, he does have some weapons and many weapons. And I just thought about some of them. One that, I'm, one that I thought about that he uses a lot and it seems to be prevalent today or to me anyway is complacency. The feeling of security often while unaware of some potential danger. Or self-satisfaction. I see a sense of complacency, you know, when um, the COVID hit in 2020 or whenever that was. And, and everybody, we were all forced. It was kind of a weird time, right? And we all kind of, I th- for me, it was a time where I reflected on my walk with God. And I wanted to pursue God more and more. And, and um, you know, I got, you know, it was really... Uh, strange though when I started to look around and people that were not coming when we were actually allowed to come back to church people were not all coming back to the house of the Lord and I thought well you know either they may be a little scared yet or timid you know we need to use wisdom and pastors said all of that through that but you know this complacency this feeling of security and pastor said to me one time he said the longer that they stay at home the more they'll feel comfortable staying there. And I said, no, no, I thought he was wrong. I thought, no, that's not going to happen, man. When church opens back up, we're going to see a flood of people because everybody, the backsliders are going to think, hey, you know, I need to get my act together. You know, it's time to start living for the Lord. But we didn't see that. And our attendance today is starting to, to build back up and it's starting to reach back up. But if you look around, we have a new congregation. There's still some old faces here, of course, and thank the Lord for that. But we are being, some are being replaced by new faces in the crowd. Amen. Complacency. Romans chapter 13, verse 11 says, And that knowing the time, it is that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Amen. If you're sitting close to, enough to somebody, just shake them a little bit. Tell them it's time to wake up. Amen. <clears throat> it's time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Amen. And I've called many a people. And some of them, some of them kind of even get half aggravated. You know, I'm fine. You know, I'm doing okay. I'm fine. You know, why you keep bugging me? Why you keep calling? Just concerned about you, brother. Just concerned about your sister. Amen. But we need to shake ourselves. Amen. And know that it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It is time for us. And I don't I know that uh, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this, but I feel like the Lord's getting ready to come back for his church. I don't think that we've got that much time left. Amen. We see the things that are going on around us and we see all the developments from this covid and how easily 
they shut down the whole world. It was just, it was kind of amazing to me. The whole world was shut down for this. But we know through the reading of the word of God that this is going to have to take place. There's going to have to come a time, amen, when everybody will, you know, not just take a vaccine, but when everybody will take a mark. And without the mark, you're not going to be able to buy or sell. Amen. That's the word of God. Amen. And so we need to realize that we see these things coming to pass. We see how easily it could be implemented. Amen. And we need to shake ourselves and to know that it's high time. And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight because you're here on a Wednesday night. But you need to shake yourself. You need to realize that your salvation is nearer today than when we first believed. But complacency is a big weapon that the Lord, uh, that the devil uses. So don't allow it to attack you. Condemnation is the other thing that the devil tries to do. He tries to put you under condemnation. Amen. You make a mistake and none of us are perfect. And but he comes right upon those heels and say, you're condemned. You're not going to make it. God doesn't love you anymore. But thank God we know that he's a liar. And that he's the father of lies. So whatever he says is not true. Romans 8 tells us there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Amen. I determined in my life that I want to rise above any condemnation and live the will of God in my life, whatever he wants me to do. Amen. I talked to too many people that just try to make it through, just try to be better today than they were yesterday. Amen. We are only righteous through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. To walk forward. You know, it's interesting that he told Satan to get him behind me because the church is moving forward. Amen. The church is marching on. The church isn't hiding. The church isn't retreating. The church isn't holding the fort. Amen. The church is moving forward. And so don't allow the devil to put condemnation on you. That old saying that says, you know, when he reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. Amen. We'll cover that in just a little bit. But we also have obstacles in our lives that the devil tries to use. And we have to live in this life, right? And we have to make it through this life. We are here in this life. But there are obstacles that come against us. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We have this treasure of his spirit that the excellency of the power Uh, may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest through us. He wants to manifest himself to the world, Through the church. We're not exempt from all the things that go on in the world. Amen. But we have this treasure. That's in this earthen earthen vessel. That gives us the power to overcome. And the power to override. To rise above. Amen. And the world looks upon us and says. How 
are you doing that? How are you keeping your sanity? How are you going through all of this and still being sane? And and you can just give them at that time your testimony about how it's the only through the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's only because of his spirit that dwells within us. But we have obstacles, but we can overcome them through the power of Jesus name. The other um, tactic that the, the enemy uses is fear and intimidation. It says, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God has not given you the spirit of fear. We do not have to be afraid. Amen. Sure, there are things in our lives that make us a little fearful sometimes. And, you know, fear is a good thing. It keeps you from jumping out in front of a racing locomotive, right? It gives you sense enough to run from a, from a barking, snarling dog. You know, that's good fear. But when we are bound by fear and we have that spirit of fear, that is from the enemy. God has not given us that spirit of fear But he's given us power, hallelujah, and love and a sound mind. How many know you? A lot of you need a sound mind today. Amen. Temptation. Of course, the devil tempts us with the temptations, the things of this world. First Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Everybody goes through it. But God is faithful. Hallelujah. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So we've talked about the devil and we talked about his ways of combating us and coming against us. But who is the church? Who are we? Second Corinthians chapter five verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. God's reconciled us, and we have that ministry to help others to be reconciled back to Christ. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors. Everybody say ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. For he hath, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is a diplomatic official sent abroad by some sovereign state or ruler with a legal commission and authority to transact business on behalf of his country with the government to which he is sent. He is a minister of the highest rank and represents the person of his sovereign. 
In other words, we are representatives from another country. This world is not our home, folks. We are ambassadors. We are just passing through. And even in the world as an ambassador in their legal commission, they have a le- <clears throat> excuse me, a legal commission and authority to transact business on behalf of the country and the government from which they came. We have the authority given to us by the name of Jesus, amen, to come against the government in which we are in. And this that's the, the rulers of wickednesses in high places, not talking about the earthly government, not talking about our, our law system here on this earth, amen, <clears throat> although it would be nice. But we have diplomatic immunity, a form of legal immunity that ensures the diplomat or the ambassador they are given a safe passage and are considered not susceptible to lawsuits or the persecution under the host country all under their laws although they may still be expelled we have this diplomatic immunity hallelujah to the power to the laws of the devil amen we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Immunity just means simply we are exempt from obligation, service, duty, or liability to taxation or the jurisdiction of that country. Amen. The ambassador in, that said that he claimed that he had diplomatic immunity when they arrested him for reckless driving. That's in the natural. So these ambassadors that come, they have this diplomatic immunity. They're above the law, if you will. And Jesus is saying, we are ambassadors for Christ. Amen. We rise above this law, this spiritual wickedness law that is out there. We have immunity for that. It can't touch you, folks. The devil cannot touch you. Amen. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that the church, hallelujah, cannot be prevailed against. Amen. The church is going to go on. So what you have to do is stay in the church. Amen. You got to stay in the church. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all prayer. Uh, perseverance and supplication for all saints. Perseverance is going on even though the way is tough. That's perseverance. That's just keep going even though sometimes the way is tough. And for me, Paul's talking, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul had this understanding. He had this realization that even though he was in bonds, he was still an ambassador for God. Amen. Paul never referred to himself as a prisoner of Rome. He always referred to himself as I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He was in bonds, but he said, still pray for me that I'll have the boldness 
to preach the gospel, the mystery of the gospel, that I, as I ought to speak it. So even though you may feel like you're bound by something, you may feel like you're bound by some sickness or you're bound by finances, I want you to know that God still has his hand upon your life. Amen. That you still are an ambassador. You're still this new creature in Jesus Christ. And all power in heaven and earth are at your disposal when you call upon the name of Jesus. Amen. And the enemy is going to try everything in his power to talk you down, to talk you out of it, to say you're a loser, you're not going to make it. But never, never, never negotiate with a terrorist. Amen. So what are our weapons? What do we fight against? We have weapons to come against him. Second Corinthians ten three says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to, through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of, God, of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have not carnal weapons, but weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians tells us about some of them in chapter 6, verse 13. Take on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having all done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Have on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet sawed with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There is no substitute for prayer, folks. You've got to be praying. Amen. When you start to pray, you're tapping into the power that God has for each and every one of us. But it doesn't come just by osmosis. Amen. It comes by you going to the Lord in prayer. It says, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication with all saints. Hallelujah. That perseverance again is mentioned here. Keep moving even though it's a hard way to go. Amen. You just keep moving forward. The other thing that we can do against the enemy is simply resist. That's all you have to do. You don't have to engage in conversation. You don't have to negotiate with him. You just simply resist. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he'll leave from you. Amen. And of course, the blood of Jesus Christ is our weapon. You need to plead the blood. Hallelujah. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And without a test, you can never have a testimony. But we overcome the enemy through the blood of Jesus Christ that took our place on Calvary and died as our sacrificial 
offering. Amen. And through the word of our testimony. And we that they love their lives, not even unto death. First Peter chapter five, verse six says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the grace, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. The word tells us that there are times when we're going to have to suffer. And it's a battle. And it's a warfare. And we're going to have to keep moving on. Amen. But the God of glory, hallelujah, is going to establish you. He's going to strengthen you. And he's going to settle you. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the Lord tonight? The future of the devil. It says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up. Amen. Now, I know that's mean shut him up somewhere, but I just also I think it's going to shut up his mouth. Amen. And set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years should be filled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. It's interesting here. It it wasn't Gabriel that had to come, the mighty messenger. It wasn't Michael, the mighty warring angel. Amen. That came just some angel out of heaven. I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit. Just Hey, you just go ahead and grab the keys and the chain, bind him. In other words, it was no big deal for an angel to bind the Lord, uh, bind the, the devil, the, uh, the old serpent, Satan, and bound him up. Revelations 20 verse 10 says, And the devil that deceiveth them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be t- tormented day and night Forever and ever. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And verse 15, and this is why Jesus told his disciples, Rejoice that your names are written now. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. If your name's not written down there, you can get that done. Amen. Just simply through repentance baptism in jesus name and the infilling of his spirit hallelujah because you want to be ready for that day but the future of the church we find in second timothy 4 and 7 paul said i have fought a good fight i have finished my course i have kept the faith henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day and not to me only but to all them also that love his appearing. Are you looking for the coming of the Lord? Or are you getting settled into this old world? 
Amen. It should be very plain and easy for us to see that this world has nothing to offer. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the Lord saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And in Revelations uh, 21.4, it says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Hallelujah. Let's all stand tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I wonder if you're able and if you were willing. Let's just all gather up around the front. I finished a few minutes early and just go to the Lord tonight and just to ask him to help us to be the ambassadors that he desires for us to be. Hallelujah. Can we do that tonight? If you need to repent of your sins, this is a good time to do that, to ask the Lord to forgive you. He says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we need to pray and ask God to help us. Help us, O Lord, to be, to understand and to know the voice of the enemy and to realize that God has everything in control. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we go to him right now? Lord, we come before you. We bind the enemy in Jesus' name. We know, Lord, hallelujah, that you're able to do all things. God, we know that the enemy has come to kill and to steal and to destroy. He would like to devour your church, O Lord. But give us wisdom and knowledge and understanding that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And that he's really a weak opponent and he's a liar and the father of lies. And his destination is already defeat. But to the church, the living church, it is victory. And so we pray, Lord, that you would give us the victory tonight. And to help us, O oh Lord, be the ambassadors in this world that you would desire us to be. We are soul winners for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We desire, O oh Lord, to see a mighty moving of your spirit, O oh Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us not to get our eyes on this world, uh, but let us look unto you, O oh Lord. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. Touch every individual tonight. Every brother and sister in Jesus' name would we'll love you, O oh Lord, and will give you all the thanks and all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We praise you, almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. All hearts and minds clear. What Brother Arnold say, he said you ought to be able to go to heaven from your last church service. So make sure your heart's right. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord.